I'm Tara Aldridge, and you're listening to The Smart Woman Show. I believe that every woman has a powerful, profitable, and impactful business inside of them that God has called them to create. This podcast is for women who have a deep sense that they want more, more out of life, relationships, and business. This show is going to give you the tools to be everything God created you to be by sharing strategies, tactics, and heart-centered lessons so you can stop stopping yourself at the fear of the unknown and finally take your inspired vision and turn it into an impactful business. There's no excuses here. Are you ready to commit? Let's do this. You guys, check out Megan's book, Your Fully Charged Life on Amazon. Rate, review, and make sure you get that in your hot little hands. Connect with those around you. See people, hear people, and don't forget to follow Megan Murphy on Instagram. Oh, welcome back to the Smart Woman Show. That's fun. I know. I do love it. Megan Murphy in the house. This is a very exciting day for me, Megan. I want to just, first of all, welcome you. I do have a question that I start everyone off with, but ladies, I want you to know who this woman is that you're listening to before you, you know, maybe skip to another episode because you didn't like my intro song or whatever is making you want to go somewhere else right now. I want you to pause for a second. This woman is very powerful. And it's not because she's happy all the time. It's because she's an author. She's an editor. She's an online personality. She's all about lifestyle. She's a health expert, an influencer, a home hack master. (laughs) I think we're all on this show, a home hack master at this point, and a certified trainer. So ladies with Megan, we're really getting it all. And I promise you in this episode, I'm going to do my best to cover all aspects of why Megan is so rad and such a badass. But first, I want to start off with my favorite question, Megan. How is your heart today? You know, I'm a little weepy today, and I'm not sure why. I think it's the rain is not helping my mood. Mm. Um, I found myself a little, you know, like on those days where you're just teary for no reason. What a perfect day to be on the Smart Woman Show. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to get some lightning bolts of recharging right now because I'm a little weepy today. You know what? Let's stay here for a second because that was me yesterday and my assistant Victoria messaged me and I was like, you know, I'm just feeling heavy. I'm just feeling sad. I'm like, maybe it's because I have my period or like, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. And she goes, tomorrow's going to be amazing because Megan Murphy's on the show and this is exactly what her message is. And so I love that the irony and kind of the twist around having like the happiness chick on the show. And she's like, I'm a little weepy. So let's talk about that for a second. Isn't that fun? Yeah. Like there's, that's the thing is I'm relentlessly optimistic and relentlessly positive, but I'm not relentlessly happy. I have bad days. I have good strategies to get through those bad days, but I absolutely have bad days. And I can, I can perfectly pinpoint and, and understand why I feel a little eh today my favorite workout has been derailed. Exercise is my happy pill. My beloved instructor had a baby. So for the next three months, you know, my 5.30 a.m., you know, SLT club is no longer. And so I'm, I, when I don't start my day off with that social interaction, with that physical fitness, with that, mm-hmm. with that health charge, it affects the rest of my day, right? I haven't done that thing for myself. I haven't been social. I haven't been physical. And and that absolutely affects my mood. I haven't been outside. I haven't 
felt the sunshine on my face because it's rainy and miserable today. You know, it's, it's those little things that I know recharge me that I, ha I didn't have today. And I've been frantically running from, you know, Zoom call to meeting to interview. I haven't had a lot of time to breathe. I was stuffing turkey in my face before we got on this call. You know, like, I know that I'm doing what I need to do, but I'm doing too little of what charges me. And so I, I need to refocus and I need to make sure that I'm doing more of what charges me the rest of the day. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I love this. And thank you for being so authentic with where you're at right now, because my whole question around, you know, having this fully charged life and being positive and optimistic, I was like, my first question was, is that real? Is that, is that reality? And so I just, I just appreciate you so much for coming on the show and just being like, Meh, I'm actually a little bit weepy today. And so what I heard you say um, recently it, in, in your message here now. And also I think it was on when you were featured on Kelly and Ryan, which was very, very cool that you were was on that yesterday's show. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. And, and maybe it was something else that I saw, but you were, you were like, listen, you're like, everybody tells you to be happy and, and happiness is not something that you can be. It's something that you can do. And Megan, when I heard you say that, I was like, <sighs> like total reframe. Isn't it interesting? And that's what, like, so today I'm going to have to do happy a little harder, right? Uh -huh. Because I don't, you know, my state of being isn't happy. So my state of doing has to get me there. And it's a very simple change in thinking, but it's like, hey, listen, happiness isn't static and it's not guaranteed. It's not promised. It's something you work toward. In the same way I train at the gym you know, to be able to lift a heavy weight or run a 5k, I have to train to live with optimism and joy and to prioritize positivity. Um, I always like laughing people like, oh, you're so authentic. It's like, no, I, you know, and I'm just honest. And, um, you know, I, I worked very hard to get to a place um, where I have the toolkit to, you know, turn a bad day on its ass and, and to pick myself back up but I don't, I don't wake up shitting rainbows, right? Like I, I have to work at it. I work at it every day. I've worked on it for 20 years. And the reason I wrote Your Fully Charged Life is because I have a toolkit as a service journalist um, using myself as a guinea pig for 25 years. I've learned what works. I've learned what works in real life, you know, and my whole secret sauce or my skill set is being able to give you news you can use that you'll actually want to use in real life. And it will work. Yeah. So I actually, um, your book is in, in the mail. It's probably in a UPS truck somewhere oh. coming to me right now. So I'm very excited to receive your book. And um, if you don't mind, I don't, you know, don't disclose the whole book because obviously sure. it's like, read the book, obviously get the fully, your fully charged life, especially if you're living like a mediocre life, you know, and you are, you know, deep down inside that you're like, I'm meant for more, damn it. Like I have something extraordinary inside. Get this, get this book. But I I'm wondering if you'd be so um, amazing to just highlight some of those tools. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. So, so your fully charged life, it, the, you know, the big tagline is it's a radically simple approach to having endless energy and filling every day with yay. And it really looks like it at key areas of your life. So it starts with the positive charge. And that is going to give you tips and tricks and strategies based in positive psychology and neuroscience. They're going to change your stinking thinking and help you prioritize positivity by making small little tweaks. 
small little changes in your daily behaviors and thought patterns that will ultimately have a big impact. Then it looks at the work charge. The work charge chapter is really about having, you know, a job that if that has purpose and has meaning and then and and fuels you, even if you don't exactly love the what of the job, I'm going to teach you how to focus on the how, the why, and the who of the job mm. to feel fulfilled, even if the paycheck is still the paycheck. Um, the love charge chapter really talks about relationships and how important those relationships in our lives are. I give you um, tips for doing, you know, a friendship audit and weeding out toxic people and those energy vampires Mm -hmm. and understanding the meaning and the purpose of so-called weak ties, those daily interactions with cashiers and baristas and the UPS person or the mail carrier and how important those can be to approach those relationships differently to, to recharge your own battery. The health charge chapter is really about moving your body and protecting your sleep sleep training yourself the way you would sleep train a child and creating routine and habit around those healthy behaviors so that it becomes kind of easy to do those things. The um, recharge chapter is all about resilience in the face of loss. And whether that is the loss of a loved one, the loss of a job, the loss of safety. Um, you know, a lot of us are like, like those feelings of security and safety this year. How do we build resilience in the face of, the, of that adversity? I'll give you all the strategies all science proven. And then the extra charge chapter is fun stuff. It's like why you should buy yourself flowers and have a favorite color and why making your bed could be your game changer. You know, it's all those so-called extras in life that actually are pretty damn important. And so it's a book where you can dive in at certain points. If work is where you're struggling, relationships are where you're struggling, you can dive in kind of anywhere. Um, And anytime you make one change, it's this positive ripple effect. So if you make one change, you're more likely to make another change and you're more likely to have this good energy boomerang. Um, But it's all very simple stuff. I don't think of it as a guide. I don't think of it as a plan. I truly think of it as a toolkit. And if one or two of the tricks or strategies work for you, tomorrow could be more awesome. I love books like that, books that they can just be there and you can be like, I need something from that book. You can grab it. You don't have to read the whole thing. You can just open it and pick the chapter that pertains to you in that moment, skim it, and then just have your tool. My, my favorite thing is people will DM me on Instagram and they'll show like sticky notes and things highlighted and notes in the margin. And that just makes my heart explode. Like that's the way I want it, people to use the book. Um, and a lot of people also will listen to the audible and they'll walk with me or they'll run with me and then they'll pick up the book and then start to use it as a workbook and write in it and flag it. Um, I'm a quote machine. I love quotes and mantras and stuff. So there's lots of fun, tweetable, repeatable kind of moments in there that might resonate for you. But it, you know, I'm proud of the book. I got it done last April while homeschooling three kids and, you know, taking over as the editor-in-chief of Women's Day magazine during a pandemic. So I'm like, wow, I did that. I did it. I managed to do that. (laughs) Just like that. Bitty bang. I did it. What's super cool about people like you is you take a really simple thought and you reframe it to just like blow your mind. So when you were speaking about like, it's, it's resonating in my mind right now. It's like, you're like, why it's important to have a favorite color. I'm like, yeah, it is important to have a favorite color. Like it attracts you, more of it. So well, I think, like, like, here's my question. Okay. So, so, and I don't mean to interrupt you, but I think this no. is really important because I think genius people like you, you don't like your genius is just something that you understand and you live with every day. And you're like, yeah, of course. But like for someone like me, and I I'm think brilliant. I might be blushing. Okay. I, 
well, you are, you're so smart. And, you know, I'm brilliant in my own ways. But when somebody can say something like this and reframe it, like my next question comes to why on earth do you think, or maybe, you know, do we rob ourselves of these little things like having a favorite color or buying ourselves flowers or waiting for somebody else to buy us flowers or like have, you know, celebrate Valentine's day or like, why do we rob ourselves from these? Do you think? I think there's so many factors. I think sometimes we think too big instead of starting small Mm. and we're so worried about the what ifs instead of enjoying the what is. And we also sort of, kind of think those things are perhaps frivolous. And how could we possibly indulge in Taco Tuesday when the world's in a global pandemic and people are dying and life sucks, right? Like we get so focused on like big picture negatives or big picture importance. We don't, we don't think small. We don't think small like a child. We don't take time to you know, live with awe and appreciation and understand that fun belongs on the calendar too. Um, And that's like non-negotiable for me. Like I love national days and holidays and, and flowers. And I delight in the details. I delight in the small things. I allow myself and give myself permission to, to really pause and appreciate all that good little stuff. So you did it again. You did it again. Everyone's talking about think big, dream big. And you're like, we need to think small. (laughs) To me, that's what works. I think thinking big is really daunting. Um, You know, like I can, I can barely deal with today. How am I supposed to understand two weeks from now? Right. And I, I give people this example, like last March, right. If you were thinking big, were you predicting you know, a global pandemic and, and working from home or what, what your life looks like right now? Absolutely not. So today sitting here coming out of a pandemic, I'm still not going to pretend to understand what my life is going to look like a month from now, two months from now, three weeks from now, whatever. Instead, I'm going to practice being present and I'm going to focus on the things I can do today that will likely have a positive impact on what happens tomorrow or a week from now or a month from now, but I think small, I always think small. Yeah. This is, these are such great points. And I, I want to ask you a question because I'm really curious and I, I just want to even get your thought on it because what I've noticed is that, you know, and maybe you can pull some of the information that you have in your, your, I don't know if it's is like a grieving chapter you were mentioning. That's the recharge chapter. The Absolutely. Recharge chapter. Okay. So something that has been coming up in more conversations is our generation, especially is grieving, whether we're, we're conscious of this grief or not, but we're grieving a old world that we used to be a part of. Yeah. And there's so I, much loss. And so when I, so I was finishing the book in April and I kind of reworked some of that chapter because initially I was talking about grief as in terms of loss. I lost my father to pancreatic cancer. I lost my best friend tragically as a teen. So like, that's, that's the loss that I really knew, but I realized very quickly sitting there trying to finish this chapter and finish the book that we were in a state of global grief, global mourning. We were mourning, you know, the loss of our freedom. Our kids were in mourning. They were, they were mourning school. They were mourning play dates. They were mourning the loss of their friends and that social time. Like everybody lost something on varying scales and in varying ways, but we all lost something. 
And how do you recover from that kind of grief? You know, there's obviously a very a deep grieving process. And it's obvious when you lost someone you love, right? But it's not as off as obvious when you lost a life that maybe you loved or a job that maybe you loved or a relationship that maybe you loved. And I think it compounded that with we all lost something at the same time. So it's not like you've got your best friend who's like a-okay and can just be there and support. We're all in the weeds together. And that makes it harder, right? Because it's not, we're all going through it. We're all in it. Whoa, right? Like when I was, when I lost my dad to pancreatic cancer, that sucked and it was hard but I had friends around me. I had grief mentors and I had a support system of people who were okay in that moment. Mm-hmm. Oh, well now nobody's okay. Nobody's okay, right? Like nobody's really okay. We've all got something we're moving through in varying degrees, right? So it's harder to lean on and get support from other people. So one of the things that pulled me out of grief and I think that is a, is a very important thing in any time of grief is actively looking for things that don't suck. Mm-hmm. Actively looking for things that don't suck. I called it Operation Good Grief when I when I first started the mission. And it really was this idea that, okay, today is hard. Big picture today is hard. I'm sad. This hurts. I'm going through this thing. Yeah. But I bet you there's one thing today that doesn't suck. And I'm going to find it. And maybe I'm going to take a picture of it. Maybe I'm going to post it on Instagram. Maybe I'm going to tell a friend, but I'm going to share it. And for me, initially, that was heart-shaped foam on a latte. It was the daffodils that bloomed at the end of my walk. It was a workout tank that said, stronger than you think you are. It was all of those things that I actively found every single day and documented, right? And I retrained my brain, ultimately, over the course of two years, to more automatically pick out those good things, to focus on those good things, to dwell on those positive things so that you still see what sucks and you still, the negativity, that cloud of sadness and grief may still be hanging over your head, but there's some sunlight peeking through. Those moments of levity and light, those good things that you're allowing yourself to see, that you're forcing yourself to see in some cases, mm-hmm. start to soften the impact of that other negativity. Wow. I just love, I just love where you're going with this and what I'm hearing you say that I think may, you know, stand out to some of the viewers, to some of the listeners, or maybe if you're viewing this, but some of the listeners is that it's work to be a human. It's oh, I mean, all good things are, are, are worth the effort though. Right. I mean, for me, I feel pretty unflappable, right? Like I'm weepy today or I'm having like an eh day but I'm still unflappable and I, and I know I have the tools and the resources to, to turn the frown upside down. And even just doing that, right? That's the embodied, he tells the facial recognition. I'm telling my brain things are going to be okay. Oh my God, I can feel it. Do it, right? I know, I'm, you. I'm watching you light up. <laughs> right? Sometimes that's what it takes. Oh my gosh, I'm sending the signals. There's, there's lots of great facial recognition experts who had looked at that, research who looked at that, like this simple act of, forcing the smile actually tells your brain, oh, wait a second, I'm having a dopamine response. I can feel it. Yeah, I know. And it's a choice, right? And that's something that you talk about a lot. It's like, choose 
happy and something that you mentioned maybe five or 10 minutes ago in this conversation is it's every moment. It's when you walk into Starbucks and you have an opportunity to really light up somebody's day or not. Or when you answer the phone, are you answering the phone? Hello? Are you answering the phone? Hey girl, what's up? So good to hear from you. You know, these are choices that we make. And so um, what I want to ask you before we move on to like a sales topic, which I'm really curious about with you is how can you set a reminder to be conscious to be that person? Sometimes it's it's the art of the pause, mm-hmm. and you know, and catching yourself. Um, I say, check yourself before you wreck yourself. Like, how are you coming into a situation? Do you need to pause and kind of just take a moment and take an inventory and being like, wow, I'm coming in hot and not in a good way. Can I pause? And can I can I check myself? Uh-huh. And sometimes it's changing the way you do something to change the way you see something and and to wake yourself up so for me sometimes it's as simple as parking in a different spot at the grocery store so i force myself to be more actively aware or changing where i stand in a workout classroom so i experience the room differently changing the way i work walk to the atm machine on the opposite side of the street so i experience my surroundings differently Sometimes changing the way you do something helps you change the way you see everything. Like you're interrupting yourself. Exactly. Because you, you, you know that like when you're just on autopilot, this is where I park at Target. This is where I stand in my uh, dance class. This is the way, this is the way I walk to the grocery store. I don't even know, like you don't even, yeah. you're not even aware. You're in your own head. You're not aware. Wow. And you're not looking up to smile at somebody who walks by. You're not looking up to engage. Yeah. You know, like it's, it's how do you wake yourself up? And we really need to wake up right now more than ever. So I'm so grateful that you spent your year in a pandemic writing this book while you were editing a magazine and all of these things. And so um, before we go, I want to shift focus into something that, Um, Many of the women who listen to the show are interested in because they're entrepreneurial or they want to start a business or they are working their business already and scaling quickly is something that Ed Milet, who's been featured on the show as well, who's episode one, we recommend you listen to. um, He said to me on a mentor call that I had with him, people buy happiness. that's, That's what they're buying. So if you're selling something, they're, they're buying it. So I love that you wrote a book about it. <laughs> yeah. I think that like, I'm, I'm, a, an ev- I'm certainly an evangelist for things that I love. Um, and so if I love a good idea, I want everyone to buy in. Mm. And in that way, I'm a good salesperson. If I'm excited, that excitement can very much be contagious. It, it's totally contagious. And so what are your thoughts on people? Okay. So not only just showing up with energy, you know, I mean, I find you very enrolling and you showed up weepy today. <laughs> you know, I, that, that didn't detour me. But, you know, when I, when I think about what people are buying, the end result, it's like, okay, so if I do this, then that's going to make me happy, question mark. So in a, in a way, how can you give some sales advice to women listening on how to create a, a, a happiness factor around their their programs, their products, their offerings, their coaching, their B2B businesses, whatever it is that they have. So I think 
I'm a really good salesperson and, and only from the sense that um, I care a whole lot. And I think the biggest key is caring a whole lot, because if you care a whole lot, you will make other people care a whole lot. That's really the, the key to sales is, is being so passionate and excited about whatever it is you're selling that people want a piece of that excitement. Um, you know, that's, I sell a lot of magazines, but not on purpose. I just like, I just like making a magazine and I like that people like it, but mostly I'm just selling excitement. I can get excited about something if it's this sweatshirt and then I want everybody to have it because I'm so excited about it. I think passion is a really good sales tool. Um, you know, it's very clear to me when someone is not all in on whatever it is they're repping or whatever it is they're trying to, you have to be all in or nobody's going to want to be half in with you. Yeah. Yeah. People are buying energy. People are buying your passion, your excitement. Exactly. Awesome. I love that. And I talk in the, you know, I actually talk quite a bit about, it's funny. I, I do some corporate calls and people are using my book as a sales tool. There's a lot of interesting strategies that I don't really think of as sales tools. So it's always fun to me when business minded people read it and like, oh my gosh, this is such a good sales tool. And you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> no, it really is. I, and I haven't even received the book yet. I mean, I've done the overview of it. And I'm like, this is sales. This is a sales manual. It's quite, it's, and yeah, it's um, not intentionally, but but I think what all good content creators are, are salespeople, right? I mean, I'm selling ideas essentially. Yeah. And so I'm good at doing that. Yeah. And you know, sales and enrollment comes down to what I love what you mentioned at the beginning of this. It's not, it's not just your business. It's, it's your relationships. It's your husband, it's, you know, your kids. And so before we exit, because I know this is a thing for women, how are you balancing it all? Well, I don't believe in balance. And I talk about that in the work charge chapter. I mean, I feel like that's like a dirty word and I'm certainly not the first person to say balance is crap. Mm -hmm. um, you know, a lot of people talk about harmony and having the different areas of your life kind of work in harmony. I also don't quite agree with that example because harmony suggests like your life is this orchestra and that different instruments play different parts. Well, that doesn't really work because the drums and the violin can't share strings, right? Mm -hmm. I like to think about synergy mm -hmm. is that all the different aspects of your life, they understand each other and they work together. Um, and, and you're creating synergy between the different aspects of your, your home life, your work life, you know, your love life, all the lives. There's just this synergy and understanding. Um, that's what I kind of try to create. I want my kids to understand that work matters. I want work to understand that my kids matter. I want um, all of the different facets of what I care about to understand and respect each other. And sometimes one trumps the other. And that doesn't mean one's less important, but in that moment, work is more important. In that moment, my kid is more important. Mm -hmm. I am so in awe with the way that your heart and your mind are connected in such a really matter of fact, humble, loving way. Uh, Megan, like, I, I can't tell you how much this interview has meant to just even me. Um, because, uh -huh. you know, I've learned a lot from you today and, and it makes me almost a little bit emotional and I rarely get emotional. Oh, let's be weepy. <laughs> I feel a little weepy because it's just, a, it's such a beautiful reminder that 
we really can rise above and make choices and be surrounded by other powerful women and people, you know, and that it's a reminder that we're all in this together. And I feel like with the the mask wearing and the distancing that we forget that we're the same. See, I told you I'm weepy today. I don't even know why this is making me weepy. Oh, I just love you. I, I love you. <laughs> like, come on. What is this? You know, this is life happening right here. And I'm just I'm so grateful for you. I know you're going to do extraordinary things with this book and, 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 and further. And also I need that sweater. Isn't that, it's Gap Kids. It's Gap Kids XXL boys. And I'm like wiping my tears with a sock. Oh. That's where I'm at today. Right. Mm-hmm. But everybody, have, you know, like you have your days. I have my toolkit. I know what I need to do next. I got new glasses too. Aren't they cute? They're green. They are so cute. You are so cute. You're so adorable and you're so stinking smart. Is there anything that you want to say before we jump off? Well, I'm, I'm grateful for the time. Um, thank you for buying the book and talking about the book. Um, it means so much to me when people are able to rate it and review it on Amazon, like share a picture of you reading the book on Amazon or DM me on Instagram. It's been a very weird time to, to kind of, I mean, I launched a book during a pandemic. So I've never done like the in-person book signing at Barnes and Noble or any of those really fun things for an author. So it means so much to me just to connect with the readers and connect with the audience. And I'm just so beyond grateful when, when people write a review and, and reach out to me. It just, it just, it's like a high five to the heart. Oh, I'm doing it. Uh, this I'm doing it. As soon as I get through the first two chapters, I'm going to highlight my favorite points. I'm going to post and repost and share, and I'm going to give you five stars. I already know it. Yay. I already know it. I'm so grateful. Thank you. All right, love. Bye. I love Yay, you. Guys. Thank you. Welcome. Bye. Yay. I want to thank you for listening and subscribing to the Smart Woman Show. My vision for you is that you would experience the same level of success me and my friends have. Break open that vision, girl. DM me on Instagram at the Tara Oldridge, and I will send you a link to book a free strategy call with one of my success coaches today. Let's do this.